In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the Feast of the Theophany, and of course we celebrate in this feast the manifestation of the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his baptism when St. John the Baptist was coming to baptize, and we see a voice from heaven, and we see a dove coming from heaven, alighting upon him. Um, and it says in John 1.32, it says, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And also in the other account in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3, And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And all of the people who were present at that time saw this. And of course, we know that the Lord sent St. John the Baptist as a forerunner to come before Christ to prepare the way for him so that people would begin to express their faith and their repentance prior to the coming of the Lord Christ in a public way to preach um, and so that the people would follow him and become his disciples. And so all the people who were present at the time when the Lord was there being baptized by St. John, they, they heard this voice from heaven they saw this dove, St. John himself saw it, all the people saw it, and we, we know that there were many Pharisees that were coming to St. John at the time, um, and of course he was rebuking them, and so very likely many Pharisees as well saw it. It was something that was a very public event, something that, that everyone would have seen. But it's interesting to think about the question is, if this was such a public spectacle, this miracle, why is it that everyone did not immediately believe? You know, we can imagine that um, when someone comes, he's claiming to be the Son of God, he's, um, he's wanting two people to follow him, he's doing miracles, and of course we know all throughout the ministry of the Lord there were many miracles, this of course is not the only one, and the people saw these miracles, the people saw the miracles, um, and they, they didn't have any explanation for them. You know, nowadays we're very skeptical of people claiming to do miracles because we know that many things can be faked, right? Like you have special effects, you have, you know, all kinds of ways that if you see a video, you don't even know if this is actually the person in the video or not, or some AI superimposing another person's face on this person, and you have no idea what you're seeing in a video, if it is actually real or not. And there's so many sophisticated ways for people to fool you and with technology that, that anything we look at, we're very skeptical immediately. But at that time, there was none of this, right? There, was, there wasn't any way, there was no sound system, there was no speakers, there was no way for a voice to come from heaven, right? There was no way for the light to come from this dove that was coming over the Lord. Anyone who was watching this scene could have immediately known that this was something supernatural, right? There is something, something not normal that is happening here, and it would catch the attention of all of the people. But even though many people saw this miracle and many people heard the voice, and yet still many people did not follow him. Uh, namely, the, the Pharisees, who were the most stubborn um, of all of the people, refusing to believe, refusing to, to believe the miracles, refusing um, to, to accept the authority of the Lord and, and who he was, all the way to the very end. So we can ask just briefly this question is, why is it that some people did not believe? St. John, he said, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. He, he, he saw this, and this was enough for him. He saw this, this is the Son of God, after seeing these miracles. But for all of these other people, why is it that this was not sufficient for them in order for them to believe? The first reason is spiritual blindness. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Meaning that these people are choosing to live in darkness. They are choosing darkness. 
because when the light of Christ comes upon them, they, they are not illuminated because the minds of the God of this age has, has blinded them. Who is the God of this age? The God of this age is the way of the world. The God of this age are all the things that attract us in the world, the things that keep us attached to this life, all of the, the, the desires of the flesh, whether the needs of the flesh or the desires for pleasure or wealth, all of the things that people seek after in this life become gods to them. And so in these gods to us become so powerful that we no longer can perceive anything else. This becomes our religion, that this is the only thing that we can see. The people who came there with, with a singular focus, so, for instance, the Pharisees, they were not there interested to hear from the Lord so that they could be converted or repent. They are there to debunk it. They are there just trying to debunk whatever it is that is going on, debunk the work of St. John the Baptist, debunk the word, work of Christ. So coming with that mindset, all they care about is how can I disprove this? How can I find what is false in it? And certainly in our society, many people come to religion with the idea of let me try to find something that I can debunk it with. Let me, let me try to find something I can disprove it with. And when someone wants to disprove something, they will always find something, something that they can point to and say, oh, see, this said this and this over here said this, or this doesn't make sense to me, so the whole thing is false, right? Of course, we know that the word of God can, can be difficult for us to understand, but someone who is coming to it with the spirit of wanting to understand and with patience and seeking kind of in humility, understanding, they will understand. It reminds us maybe the story of the Ethiopian eunuch who was traveling in his chariot, um, reading from the book of Isaiah, and he couldn't understand what he was reading. And Philip came to him and says, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, no, how can I understand unless someone teaches me? what it means. And so Philip sat there and he explained to him the prophecies in Isaiah and how it was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. So so someone with a mind of like seeking to understand sincerely without bias, someone who is humble, willing to be taught, willing to be told how to understand and and you know, like we always talk about how there are certain people who are successful and so other people want to follow them. Like people will say, well, look, look, someone like Elon Musk or someone like Bill Gates or whoever it is, celebrity that somebody idolizes, how can we be like them? What is it, the steps that they took? And we take the same steps, we read the same books, we do the same things, so we can become like them. Well, in the church, there are those who are very advanced in the faith. There are those who reach the pinnacles of the faith. And we look to them and we say, how can I emulate them? How can I imitate them? How can I follow them? I go to them for guidance, for instruction. And then because I am sincere in my desire to learn and grow, to humble myself, so it's like removing the blindfold, right? Maybe I don't yet have all knowledge. Maybe I don't yet understand all mysteries, but my eyes are seeing. I'm able to perceive the light of Christ and I'm able to benefit and grow because of what he is offering. I'm able to accept it, be able to receive it um, to myself. But, but oftentimes people are not caring about the spiritual at all. The spiritual is like the last thing on our list of things that we care about. We care a lot about the body, we care about our, our finances, we care about our families, we care about all kinds of pursuits that maybe we place as paramount importance in our life. When it comes to the spirit, uh, it doesn't seem that urgent to me. It doesn't seem that important to me. Interestingly and ironically, people don't understand how much the spirit actually affects their whole being, the whole rest. 
Why is it that you're always feeling depressed and sad all the time? It's not because you don't have enough money. Go get, make as much money as you want. It's not going to solve your problem. You know, why is it that you're constantly having conflicts with people? You think it's because it's everyone else's fault? Well, maybe it's your fault. Maybe you have a spiritual disease. Maybe that spiritual disease needs attention, but you're ignoring it because you are not thinking about it. You're, you're not realizing your sickness. You are just living your life, seeking your pleasure and seeking your money and whatever it is that you want. Maybe someone is very busy, so busy with so many distractions in the world that they can't slow down enough to even realize what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I should be focusing more on that I'm neglecting completely because I'm so busy seeking after my goals? So these are all examples of reasons why a person might be spiritually blind and again as saint paul said whose minds the god of this age has blinded even in the presence of christ himself if you can imagine the lord jesus christ being physically present with us here in the church right now and yet we don't even realize he's here we don't even pay attention to him or maybe even worse we ignore what he says this is the spiritual blindness. The second reason people might not have believed from seeing these miracles is because they were focusing only on the trivial things, right? They were coming to focus on the trivial things. The Pharisees did not understand and the people did not understand the significance of what was happening. They didn't understand that this was God in the flesh. They didn't understand that the Holy Trinity was being manifested before their eyes, who was the creator of, of all of the universe. He was being manifested before their eyes. They came to argue. They came to argue with St. John. They came to dissuade the people from following Christ. They came to contend and to argue with Christ. Their purpose for, for coming was very trivial matters that caused them to lose the big picture. And sometimes this also happens even to us in the church, even to us who are believers, is that we begin to find ourselves even in the church focusing on things that can be very trivial and not important when, when placed next to the real purpose why we come. Like we come to the church for salvation. Like we come to the church because this is necessary for our eternal life. Obviously something extremely important. But sometimes when people come, what are they focusing on? They're focusing on the deacons are out of tune. Um, the people's dress is not, you know, like as nice as it should be. Um, the Sunday school teachers, the lessons that they taught wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, you know, this person, I have an issue with them or they said something to offend me or to bother me. Some people leave the church altogether because they're upset because of something that one person said to them in the church. What is this demonstrating? It's demonstrating maybe a focus on the trivial. These things are not the goal of the church. And yes, the church is filled with people, sinners, um, and we all are going to do things out of our weakness to inadvertently hurt one another's at, at times or not be up to the standard that we should be. But does that mean that when a person comes, this is all they should see? They should see all of the imperfections of the people. They should see the imperfections in the service and forget the, the essence of what is it that we are doing. Those people who came and were willing to comprehend and to believe and to realize and perceive that what they were seeing in front of them was the manifestation of the Trinity in a way that had never been done before, they benefited. But those who are coming just to find any flaw or mistake or distracted with one thing or another, they missed it altogether. When the Lord was rebuking the Pharisees, he said to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Like you are so sticklers in the law that you are even tithing your herbs and spices, but when it comes to mercy and faith and justice, you have neglected all of these things. 
these things to you are not as important as tithing your cumin, right? So it was it was a complete miss, you know, like like a like misallocation of their attention. They didn't they weren't focusing on the right thing. They were focusing on these trivial things while forgetting the bigger picture. So this is a res another reason why even though some great miracle is happening before us, the, the the manifestation of the Trinity, we might not even notice. Another reason that people might not notice um, when the Lord is manifesting himself in this way is because they don't really care about the truth, right? They don't care about the truth. If you ask someone whether you care about the truth, of course they will say yes. You know, we, we care about the truth. We care about the truth. But more than likely, many people nowadays, what they really mean is, I want to define the truth. I want to be the truth. The truth is as how I say that it is, right? Because when I am contradicted, or when I am told that something that I believe is false, or, s or some way that I choose to live is false, I become offended. And I say, how can you say this is what makes me comfortable? This is, this is how I choose to live my life. It's a personal choice. Everything is about choices. I make the choice of how to live. I define myself. I identify myself. I am who I say that I am. I, 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 and it is not up to you or to anyone else or to God to, to put me into kind of a category or say that I'm a certain way or to rebuke me for anything that I have done. Because really what I mean when I say I care about the truth is I care about how I define the truth, and I care that you accept the truth that I am defining for myself. This is really what people um, are saying. But of course, the Lord came not to accept the truths of the people who lived. For instance, you could say that the Pharisees were defining their own truth. They wanted the truth to be according to their own customs and traditions, and that they would remain the authority, um, and the people would follow them, and they considered themselves to be righteous and following the law. So in their mind, that was their truth. Their truth was they are the, the righteous religious leaders that everyone should follow. But, of course, the Lord came and he threw everything upside down. He said the first will be last and the last will be first. You know, he said, he said all the, the conventions that people have accepted for authority, for ranking, for position, all of it is thrown upside down. And he's saying the, the harlots and the, and the tax collectors are going to heaven before you. This is what he told to the Pharisees. They're going to heaven before you. So your truth and how you define your truth is irrelevant. God doesn't care about it. He came to reveal the truth. The truth is the one truth, the reality of how things are. And then it is up to us to conform ourselves to reality. We conform ourselves to reality. How is it that I choose to live as defined by God's revelation of truth instead of my personal um identification of what is my truth. In Romans chapter 10, St. Paul says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. People who believe that they are righteous because of themselves, righteous because of I have defined righteousness to be such and such, and I follow my rule of righteousness as opposed to submitting to God's standard of righteousness. And these people are saying they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Meaning, maybe maybe this is something that I feel very strongly about. Of course, we know the, the Pharisees felt very strongly about what it is that they were doing. They had a zeal, but it was not according to knowledge and actually was leading pe people astray into condemnation. And the Lord rebuked them for that. So one reason why some people might not realize or understand the importance of what's happening in front of them or to believe in the Lord Christ is because they are stuck in their own version of the truth 
not willing to accept the Lord's truth. The final reason that people might not believe is because they have misconceptions about God. The Pharisees did not want to believe no matter what the, what the Lord said because they believed that God was a certain way. And because the Lord came and presented to them a God who was not the way that they imagined him to be, they rejected what he said. For instance, one misconception the Pharisees had about God is that the Jewish people were accepted as the people of God simply because of their ethnicity, simply because they are Jewish. That was sufficient. Because they are the children of Abraham, it is sufficient for them to be the accepted people of God and nothing else really mattered. They focused so much on following the law to the letter, even though not according to the spirit, and in their mind, this was pleasing in the eyes of God. Of course, when the Lord came, he, he presented a very different view. He, he presented a very different thing. He spoke about mercy and, and salvation and, and forgiveness, and um, he, he spoke about the spirit as opposed to the letter. We know a, a big part of the New Testament is focusing on the teaching that circumcision is not necessary for salvation, as many of the, um, the Judaizers believed. So there was a different perception that these people had about God. And then when the apostles, when the Lord came and he presented the truth, it, it was difficult for them to accept. When, when um, the people were, were speaking about Jesus, the man that they already knew, they said about him, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. This is not the person they believed to be the Messiah. This was their cousin. This was their neighbor. This was the person that they had known all of their life and seemed to them to be a normal human being. And there was nothing about him that they could then point to and say, well, this must be God. We've known him. You know, it's one thing if, if you have a, a prophet who comes from a faraway place that no one knows and he comes and claims these grandiose things, maybe some people will follow him. But this is the person who was next door neighbor of theirs for, for 30 years. And now suddenly you're saying that you're the son of God after you've lived there for 30 years, how is it we can believe this? How can his own family members um, accept this? And this is why you're saying they were offended at him, right? Is this not this person that, that, that we've always known? So this was a misconception. And there are misconceptions that we have, that when we read the scripture, maybe it's difficult for us to understand how God could be. One big misconception that both the, the, the Jews had is how is it that the Christ could be crucified? How is it that he could be subject to the violence of his own people and be subject to being killed by them? What kind of God is this? The Gentiles also had a certain perception of what they believed God to be. God is all-powerful. How is it that he can be subjected to being a victim of his own people? Of course, when we learn about the faith, we understand that God was not weak in any way, but he had a purpose of allowing this even to happen to himself. But this is a deeper understanding and a deeper knowledge. And if someone is coming with a misconception about God, they might completely dismiss this outright at the, at the very idea that God could allow himself to be hurt and killed the way that um, our Lord Jesus Christ was. So there are many reasons, and there's many more beyond this, but there's many reasons why Maybe someone would not believe, even seeing these miracles in front of them. And it reminds us also of the parable of, of the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man was speaking to Abraham, and he said, some, have someone rise from the dead to go to my brothers so that they would not come to this place, this Hades that he was. And maybe if somebody rises from the dead, they would believe. And um, Abraham answered and said, no, even if somebody rises from the dead, 
they are not going to believe because it's not about the miracles. It's not about the external manifestation. It's about my openness. It's about am I ready to receive? Am I am I coming with humility? I am I am I am am I am I distracted or am I focused on this truth? Am I willing to accept it even though it might be contrary to what I think? Am I willing to change my life because of it? And those people whom the Lord chose to be the apostles, they were all ones who had a life that chose to leave that life. They left their fisherman jobs, they left their text collector job, they left their physician job, they left every job that they had in order for them to live this new reality that they now accepted and believed. They didn't try just to accommodate this truth into their existing life, but they realized the only way they could fully live this truth was to completely leave their old life behind. And this is also what the Lord calls us, and he is you know, manifesting himself to us, and he says, um, leave behind your life. Doesn't mean leave behind your career, but leave behind the life of sin, leave behind the life of sadness, leave behind the life of depression, leave behind the life of fear, leave behind the life of you know all the things that, that bring us down, attachment to the world, in order so that we can experience what it means to be with him. And so may God bless us all on this Feast of the Theophany, and glory be to God forever. Amen.